mercy, look at how the time goes. Hey everybody and welcome to this episode of the Coming Home Podcast with John Allen. This is my solo Saturday episode for the week, 13th of June, 2020. Uh, Do you have a half hour or so? Can I talk to you? Sit back, grab a cup of cappuccino. No, too hot for cappuccino. Too hot for cappuccino. Grab a cup of tea, iced tea. Do that. And then kick your feet up, sit back, and let me talk to you for a little while. I tell you, it's too hot for cappuccino. Here in Norway, it's 77 degrees Fahrenheit right now. That's about 25 Celsius, and that is too hot. <laughs> it's amazing how the body gets, uh, gets used to, to uh, you know, the, the, the local weather. That I've been here in Norway long enough to feel like 77 degrees is too hot. Uh, so iced tea, no cappuccino. We don't want to be elitist either and uh, drink our $5 mochas from, uh, yes, <laughs> from Starbucks. You can go to Starbucks now, people. Uh, did you hear about that? Starbucks was talking uh, about they weren't going to allow their employees to openly support the Black Lives Matter movement because they said it would be too controversial and it might cause violence at uh, Starbucks. So they were not going to allow their employees to wear any Black Lives Matter paraphernalia. Uh, but uh, now that was a couple of days ago. But then last night, if I'm not mistaken, it was last night, Friday night. They, they've uh, they've uh, changed their stance on that, and they will allow their employees to support Black Lives Matter. So good move, Starbucks. Do they have iced tea at Starbucks? If they do, go to Starbucks and get an iced tea. Um, <laughs> how about that, Starbucks? Uh, a free endorsement from, uh, from yours truly. Totally free. Gosh, I have to get sponsors here. I have to get sponsors here. Monetize this... Uh, this little game I'm playing here with podcasting. Um, solo Saturday. Uh, let me take this opportunity to talk a little bit about my experiences over this past week. Um, for the very first time, I was a guest on a nationwide TV program here in Norway. Um, you know, in the States, you guys have Good Morning America. Well, this is Good Morning Norway, you know, the equivalent to that. And I was on there. I was interviewed um, by uh, the fantastic Desta Marie from TV2 here in Norway. And, um, you know, all of this is coming from my episode, uh, my, my very first Solo Saturday. I didn't even call it Solo Saturday. It was a Saturday, and I was alone on the mic for my podcast, and I just laid it all out there, my feelings about what's happening in America at this time with, uh, you know, the marches uh, against racism, the anti-racism marches, uh, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and whatnot. And I put out a call to action uh, looking for white allies. That episode gained a lot of attention, uh, both here in Norway and back home in the States. I was also interviewed for a newspaper out of Seattle. Uh, yesterday, I had that interview with a fantastic, uh, very kind man uh, from, the, from a newspaper. When that newspaper article comes out, I will post it. I don't want to say too much about it now, uh, 
but I will post a link to that article. You guys can find that on my social media pages. If you just go to my website, johnallenpod.com, J-O-H-N-A-L-A-N-P-O-D.com. If you go there uh, from the homepage on my website, you can click into all of my social media uh, and, and, and you will see uh, a, a link to that uh, newspaper article when it comes out. Uh, you can also see the link to me being um, interviewed on national TV here in Norway. But if you don't speak Norwegian, you're not really going to understand what I'm saying. Um, so too bad for you. You have to learn Norwegian, I guess, if you want to know exactly what I said. But it is in the same thread as what I was talking about on episode 28 of the Coming On podcast. Uh uh, with a little bit more focus on the situation with policing in the United States. Um, yeah, so if you speak Norwegian, check it out. If you don't speak Norwegian and you want to see what I look like in my Sunday best, uh, <laughs> you can go and check that link out there. Uh, fantastic experience. It was, it was so cool. The first thing I saw when I walked in to the, they have the, the, the green room, like a lobby slash green room. Uh, in the building where they have their, their morning program that I was on. And the first person I see when I walk in is um, Isabella. Uh, what's her name? Isabella Carlson, I believe is her last name. But she's one of the weather ladies who does the weather uh, on, uh, on uh, TV2 here in Norway. And to see her face to face, it was just, it was, uh, I was floored. It was just such a surreal, strange experience. And she kind of glanced at me and like, oh yeah, that's, that's him. Uh, because I, I guess they had, they had talked a, a little bit, you know, in their preparations, you know, to have me in there to interview me. They had talked about me. So I guess she kind of knew, uh, who I was kind of, but I very much knew who she was. And I looked at one of the, um, I'm assuming it was a producer who was there in the crew room. And I looked at, I looked at her and I said, oh my gosh, that's her. And she just kind of looked at me and smiled and nodded. Yeah, that's, that's her. So it was just a very interesting experience. Never would I ever have thought uh, that I would have a platform like that from which to speak. So uh, thank you all at uh, TV2. Thank you guys for that opportunity. And I'll do it again. I'll do it again if you ask. Believe you me. Um, wow. <clears throat> it's summertime. Now they're starting to lift the uh, a lot of the restrictions about uh, social distancing. A lot of the businesses are opening, but with restrictions. Um, you know, uh, the pubs, the clubs and whatnot, uh, they have, uh, they have opened, but with limited seating, I think they've cut the seating in half or something to that effect. I don't know the details, but it's with less seating now. Um, so I've got a couple of stand-up shows coming up now. This will be the first time I've done stand-up, any stand-up show since the 10th of March. Um, so here's where you can find me. Uh, on the 20th of June, uh, my good friend Steinar Daltvet, he has a show uh, that he is, uh, he'll be the MC for that show at uh, Cafe Mir, or Kofi Mir, as it's called in Norwegian, the 20th of June, uh, and that starts at 8 p.m. So I will be there on the 20th of June. On the 25th of June, here in Drammen at the Comfort Hotel Union, 
Uh, I will be at uh, the summer show. The stand-up drumming comedy club has a sh- summer stand-up show where I will be on the mic. So I'm really looking forward to that. <clears throat> I haven't been totally idle when it comes to stand-up comedy uh, during these weeks of isolation and COVID-19 uh, and whatnot. I've been doing a lot of writing. So I'm going to try some new material. I will uh, throw that at my <laughs> my audience and see how they respond, see if they throw it back and how they throw it back. Just don't throw any rotten tomatoes, please. But uh, that's going to be fun. Uh trying some new material there um wow there's just been so many things going on these it's 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 crazy the amount of i don't know chaos can we say positive chaos that is in the air back home in the states um i think it is and when i say chaos i i say that because i do believe that there is a change in the air I feel personally, I feel a lot better this week than I did last week. Uh, for one, because there seems to be less rioting, less looting, and more focus on the protesting, which people should have had their focus on the protesting all along. People should have understood all along that the rioting and the looting had nothing to do with the cause uh, that they were protesting for. And that cause is equality under the law. Equal protection under the law. That has been the focus of this, this movement that we see, which is being fronted by Black Lives Matter and other groups and other individuals in the streets. You know, uh, it's real. You can't, you can't deny it. I, I think, <laughs> I, I don't know. Some, some people are, are, are resisting the reality of of systematic racism in the United States. I believe, I'm going to tell you something that I believe here. I believe that the most rigid, card-carrying, robe-wearing Klansman believes that there is systematic racism in the United States. The only difference is, is that Klansman is glad that there's systematic racism in the United States. You hear what I'm saying to you? To deny that there is such a thing as systematic racism, you, you're just... I don't want to be mean, but you're, you're, you're just not, you're just not with it. You got, you gotta, you just have to stop and look around you and look at the facts of the situation and listen to the people who are affected by this situation. Listen and learn. You know, like I said, even the, even the worst clans, I mean, even the worst right white supremacist sees that there is systematic racism in the United States. The only difference between them and you is that they're glad that there is systematic racism in the United States. Come on, people, let's, let's, let's see the reality of it. Let's keep moving. There's more and more people that are getting on board. And it's a beautiful thing. More and more people are getting on board. It's beautiful to see. Let's just keep it going. Stop denying. Stop trying to explain it away. Stop with the whataboutism. And let's stay focused on something that should have been fixed 400 years ago. Systematic racism in the United States. We're never going to cure racism. Those people are always going to be there. But we can cure systematic racism. It can be done. It can be done. You know, <clears throat> I've said before, you guys know I'm a power lifter, right? 
there is a powerlifting gear uh, company, um, Metal Powerlifting Gear. Uh, they have been uh, booted out of the uh, IPF, the International Powerlifting Federation, because one of their leaders said uh, something. I don't even remember the details of it. Uh, uh, basically denying, allegedly, <laughs> that there is such a thing as systematic racism. Basically, he was not a supporter. And some rather ugly things were said by, by uh, this representative of, of that powerlifting gear company. And uh, they're gone. <laughs> gone you know that and that, that's a huge change that is a strong statement they're booted out you're not allowed to wear their equipment not allowed to wear their equipment anymore at ipf powerlifting competitions did you guys see um the the guy uh the, the boss the leader or whatever of, of crossfit same thing he came out with some ignorant statement uh, about, you know, about the protests, about the Black Lives Matter movement and whatnot. Uh, gone. No longer to be associated with the CrossFit games. Now they're going to be called something else, the Reebok. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the details of that one, but basically that guy is gone as well, or at least his company is gone. Uh, so, so again, we're seeing signs that more and more people are supporting the movement, supporting the protest against institutional and systematic racism in the United States. We see the discussion that has been started about military bases. You have Fort Bragg and you have Fort, uh, Fort um, uh, Benning. Um, you guys know that Baxton Bragg, he owned slaves in Louisiana and they named an army base after him. And then you have Henry uh, Bennington, who presided over Georgia's uh, uh, convention f to uh, to uh, where they gathered to to secede, to you know, to break loose from the United States at that time. So you have military bases that uh, were named after them, and they they weren't named after them right away. You know, immediately after uh, the, the the Civil War to honor these these Confederate leaders. This happened in the 1920s when Confederate leaders started dying off. And it's almost as if the Southern states or the, or the supporters of the, the so-called Confederacy, they, they, they had in mind that they should just remind black people what they really wanted to have happen. They wanted slavery to continue. It's almost like they wanted to remind black people and America in general that, uh, that they, they still held those beliefs. So they pushed, they petitioned, and they got these bases, military bases named after these, uh, these former Confederate leaders. And military leaders in our nation were ready to discuss changing the names of those bases. But the president wouldn't even discuss it. Interesting. I talk about there seems to be a, a, a wave of people getting with the program, you know, people getting on board and people joining the protest, people who are at least listening, you know, they've got their ear to the ground and they're trying to learn more in order to become an ally. But the guy at the top in the white house, he won't even listen to his own military leaders who are willing to discuss changing the names of some of these military bases that are named after Confederate leaders. Can you say tone deaf? 
There's also this thing going on. Um, there's uh, all this talk about uh, defunding police departments. Now that that's just a how do I put this? I don't know who came up with that idea, that term, or that concept, that brand, <laughs> that which is called defunding police departments, because that's not a true description of what they want to do. They don't want to necessarily defund and do away with the police departments. They want to reform policing from the ground up. In other words, there's a second half to that statement. They want to disband certain police departments, but there's not a period there. There's a comma. They want to disband certain police departments, comma, and rebuild them from the ground up. That's the message that should be getting out there. But I, I don't know. People are so caught up on being correct. People are so caught up in, in, in talking down the other side. Uh, you know, if, you, if, you're, uh, if you're a Republican, you want to make the Democrats look bad. If you're a Democrat, you want to make the Republicans look bad. So everybody's into this zinger, this, this gotcha type of thing. So I see a lot of Republicans, a lot of people on the right are hung up on this thing. Yeah, you want to defund the police departments uh, across America. How stupid is that? What's wrong with you crazy leftists? Well, again, there's a there's not a period after that first half of the statement. There's a comma, and then there's some more. They want to defund or, or uh, disband police departments, comma, and rebuild them from the ground up with a new focus. Maybe there'll be less monies that are sent to certain police departments, but there will be more monies that are put into different social programs. Because let's look at facts. Where there is poverty, there is more crime. So doesn't it make sense that if you fix the poverty, there will be less crime? And then that will free up the police to be more service-minded instead of more militaristic, instead of being more of an occupying force in certain uh, black neighborhoods. Put some money into the school system. Put the money into the social programs. Put the money into the after-school programs. Put the money into, how about supporting black-owned businesses, local grocery stores, um, uh, so, you know, service, the service industry um, in, in black neighborhoods. Put some money into supporting that, maybe some sort of federal grants or federal loans, okay? You don't want a handout. How about a federal loan of some sort, a low-interest loan to somebody who wants to start a business in their own in their own neighborhood, in some of these black neighborhoods. Do things like that so that there's more money to be generated in those neighborhoods. And you put money into the school system and you put money into after-school programs and in the social system generally in these neighborhoods and see what happens with the crime numbers. They will go down. It will change the relationship between police in some of these, some of these uh, neighborhoods, some of these cities, it will change the relationship. But you have to care. You have to care when you see that there is a huge difference in how black school in schools in black neighborhoods are funded and how suburban schools are funded. And when I say suburban, I mean majority white schools. 
I get it. It's based on the tax base of these different neighborhoods, but they should get it as well. Uh, where are the where are the tax dollars in these black neighborhoods? Where are those tax dollars? If the government will throw billions of dollars into the banking industry, they've done it for the auto industry. If they'll do it for that, why can't they break it down on the micro level? In other words, go into individual neighborhoods and cities where we see poverty, where we see where we see despair, where we see, where we see pain and suffering. Why can't they throw the money at that? Do that, and it will do something with poverty, which will then do something with the relationship those people have with the police, because the police won't have to be there in the same capacity as they are now. It just won't happen. And that will bring about meaningful change. You know, I see, I see a lot of discussions online. People are talking about reparations now. You know, there's a lot of interest and a lot of focus now on, uh, on uh, black communities and how they're suffering. So now the, the, the talk about reparations has risen up. Uh, I'm all for reparations. Yes, I am. I said it. I'm all for reparations. But let me let me qualify that statement because for me reparations doesn't necessarily mean a check in my hand. Reparations mean leveling the playing field, clearing off that table and resetting it so that people can sit at that table on an equal footing. Reparations means money, but not necessarily to the individual, but to the society, to the neighborhood, to the social demographic. And what's wrong with that? Everybody stands back and allows, of, of course people protest, you know, uh, the, ba the bank bailouts and the insurance company bailouts and the auto industry bailout. There's people who complain about that, but by and large, it was accepted if we'll accept that, why won't we accept these kind of bailouts? Why can't we bail out these neighborhoods where people are living as if it's in a war zone? Abject poverty, no opportunity, no schooling of any meaning. Oh. Isn't that awful? I get this soapbox called a podcast and I start talking about these things. Yeah, you guys know, if, if you're listening to this episode, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. You know, this is, I, I save all of this for these solo Saturday episodes. I sit on it. I watch what's going on during the week. I, I you know, it's, it's totally unscripted. These are just my thoughts and my feelings that I've built up over the last week since the last time I did that, did this. My other, when I have uh, guests who come in, we talk about life. We talk about whatever. So I save all of this material, all of these thoughts and feelings for these solo Saturday episodes. Um, <laughs> just listen. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll learn something. Maybe I'll say something that's just totally off base and you disagree. And if you want to comment, do that. These episodes get posted on my website at uh, johnallenpod.com. And on each episode, you can write comments. Do that. If you disagree with me, write something. And let's talk about it. 
But it, it's not all doom and gloom. You know, I, I, I see a lot of good that has happened this week. You know, um, my jaw almost hit the floor. Almost, and I say almost hit the floor when I heard that the president was going to, to uh, conduct a political rally on the 19th of June in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I say my jaw almost hit the floor, but I caught it before it hit because actually I'm not surprised that he had planned on doing something like that. Now it comes out now that he's not going to do it. A lot of people protested. Um, I, I'm assuming uh, people in his cabinet or, or other political figures protested hard enough to where he's changed his mind. He's not going to have that rally on the 19th of June in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Do you realize how insensitive that would have been if he would have do if he would have done that? And I say insensitive because I don't care whether you're a Trump supporter or not. You must admit. Even if you support that man, you must admit that he has not supported the, uh, the, the anti-racism, the anti-institutional racism fight. And if you, if, you, if you ask me, what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921 is the epitome of institutional racism. Do you guys know what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma in 1921? You guys ever heard of Black Wall Street? Uh, former slaves and the children of slaves uh, had built up their own, basically their own equivalent to Wall Street uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma in the, in the years leading up to 1921. Tons of black-owned businesses. Uh, people were doing well there. Black people were doing well. That's proof that there's not an inherent laziness or an inherent uh, incapability of 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 surviving and being affluent uh, in black people because we did it in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had our own area called the black, they called it the black wall street, extremely successful. Some black millionaires were living there. Do you know how, how, how amazing that is for anybody to have been a millionaire back in those days? Tons of black owned businesses. And then the entire place was burnt to the ground. led by racists and Klansmen, burnt to the ground. Those black people were too successful for some people. So they burned Tulsa, Oklahoma to the ground. And with the president, with the president's lack of support in the current movement, can you understand how insulting and how provocative that would have been if he would have had this rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, coming up on the 19th of June? It was June 19th of this month, of, of, uh, of, of this year. What am I trying to say? <laughs> it was June 19th that he was supposed to have this rally in uh in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's what I was going to say. The 19th, June 19th. What is, I, okay, I told you the significant. F forgive, your, forgive your podcast host here. Again, all of this is unscripted. <laughs> so I'm not, reading, I'm not reading from a script here. This is off the top of my head or the bottom of my heart, as it may be. The 19th of June, what is the significance of that? Why were people provoked? Why were people upset? Because the president was going to have a rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on the 19th of June. 
Okay, you guys get the significance of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, here's the significance of the 19th of June. Uh, President Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation, freeing the slaves, but it wasn't until a couple years after that, the 19th of June, 1865, that the last slaves in Texas were actually told that they were free. <clears throat> so in the black community, the 19th of June is, is uh, celebrated as the true day of freedom. You know, you have the 4th of July, which was, uh, is supposed to be uh, 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 celebrated uh, in, uh, in reverence for the freedom of, of the United States and our Constitution and whatnot. But black, the black community, uh, many of us also celebrate the 19th of June. I've taught my children uh, here in Norway about uh, the 19th of June and its significance. And many other black families do that all over the United States. So, Knowing what we now know, knowing what I've told you, if you didn't know it before, you know it now. So knowing that significance of the 19th of June, knowing the significance of Tulsa, Oklahoma, isn't it a little bit, as the Brit British would say, a little cheeky of the president to have planned on, doing a, on having a rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma on the 19th of June this year? Somebody complained loud enough to make him change his mind on that. So that's a good thing. Let's count that. Let's put that in our, in our little uh, gathering of positive occurrences over the past week. That is a positive thing. He's not listening about the military bases, but he listened to somebody and he canceled that rally. And I'm glad he did because that could have gotten ugly. That could have gotten ugly. Yeah, we talked about uh, the defunding of uh, police departments. By the way, uh, when it comes to the defunding or the disbanding of police departments and building them up again, uh, I just want to refer to the Camden, New Jersey Police Department. Cam New Jersey? New York. New Jersey. Camden, New Jersey. Maybe I should start scripting this because I'm kind of getting a little shaky on my facts, but I believe it's Camden, New Jersey Police Department was disbanded. Um, at one point, but after they disbanded them and then rebuilt them as a county police force, retrained them, gave them a new mandate, a new focus, a new job, basically a new way of policing. Violent crime went down 60% as of 2012. Now, that number I did write down. <laughs> so I guess this is partially scripted. I did write that down 60% as of 2012 when they were disbanded. A 60% drop in violent crime. Yeah. Here's another positive thing that happened. See, I'm bringing you sunshine and roses here, people. How's that iced tea? Take a sip. There you go. Uh... NASCAR. Now, did you ever think that NASCAR would be on the right side of history? Did you ever think? Did you ever think? Uh, NASCAR bans, has banned the, the, the Confederate flag from being flown at their, at their events. You'll, you will not see the Confederate flag at NASCAR events going forward. 
that's pretty big. That's a big statement. That is an encouraging gesture. It's more than a gesture. <laughs> you know, I don't know what to call it, but it's more than a gesture. Uh, that that's big because the, the the Confederate flag, at least in my mind, has. When I think of NASCAR, I, I think of the Confederate flag. I think of other things as well, but I think I do think of the Confederate flag. So that they have now banned the Confederate flag from being flown at NASCAR events. That is pretty big. That is a sign of awareness. That is the sign of a corporate entity wanting to be an ally and doing something concrete, a concrete step towards being an ally. NASCAR is listening. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Bubba Wallace, the only uh, major black NASCAR driver, maybe Bu Bubba Wallace will have some, uh, some company. <laughs> could, could you imagine? What if, the, what if NASCAR became a majority black? Wow. I would imagine there's quite a few black drivers, because this whole thing with driving and uh, racing and whatnot is not a purely white thing. I have a cousin. I have a cousin who lives in Alabama who's very much into, uh, into racing and cars and whatnot. So maybe this, this whole thing with NASCAR, you know, flying the Confederate flag, maybe that has been something that has kept more black drivers from being interested. I, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Uh, either way, it's a, it's a big thing. It's a great thing to see that they have now banned the Confederate flag. Good news. Um, oh, here's something big I just thought of. I want to give a shout out to my uh, good friend in powerlifting, uh, Mr. Ed Cohen. Now, this is good and bad news. Uh, now, now Ed, Ed Cohen, as you guys know, is, he's, he's, he is the powerlifting legend, uh, considered the greatest of all time by many in powerlifting circles. Uh, I'm very fortunate to know him, and uh, uh, he, uh, he did a fantastic gesture. He did me a solid when he put me in, in contact with a gentleman by the name of Michael Van Beek. You know, we were trying to help my son uh, in his last few weeks of his ad of his addiction before he uh, passed away from a uh, from a heroin overdose or, or from an opiate overdose. Um, so Ed was instrumental in hooking me up with someone who who uh, we had hoped would be able to help my son, but my son just wasn't willing to take the help at that time. <clears throat> but anyways, that, 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 I'm just telling you guys what a good guy Ed is and what he, what he means to me, what he has meant to me. It's been so long since I've seen him or talked to him, and that's just because of the distance. You know, He's back there in Chicago, and I'm over here in Norway. But Ed is a solid guy. He is one of the most down-to-earth, straightforward, kind-hearted people I've ever known in my life. So here the other day, he posted on his Instagram uh, something in the effect of he supports uh, Black Lives Matter. He uh, has black friends who are hurting, and he's listening to them. He's, his ears are open, he's willing to learn, and he supports them. And, I think, and, and, and that goes back to what I was saying uh, on previous episodes, that we need more white allies. And here is Ed Cohen standing up and being the very same, being that white ally. 
He is the biggest name in powerlifting, and he made a very clear statement in support of black people who are struggling. I think that's a beautiful thing. Doesn't surprise me because I know Ed. That's just that's what he is. I got emotional though when I saw it because again, it was it was it's that it's just such a positive thing to see someone with his stature stand up and openly voice his support. That, that's a beautiful thing. And then the ugly side of it was the people and their trolling and their ugly comments and and whatnot on his Instagram post. There were cries of, oh, I never thought you would get political. Let me tell you something, people. If you are anti-racist and you support those who are in the movement against anti-racism, there's nothing political about that. Because if it's political, what are you saying? That only Republicans are racist? Or the Republicans are the, the party of racism? Is that what you're saying? Because I don't think that being anti-racist, I don't think that standing up for human rights, I don't think that supporting the Black Lives Matter movement is political. It's a question of right and wrong. Which one are you going to support? Well, my friend and brother Ed Cohen stood up and supported his black friend. It was such a beautiful way of putting it. It was so concise and, and straight to the point. He has black friends that he sees are hurting and he supports them. He loves them. He's listening. He is an ally. How can you be, how can you troll somebody? How can you be against someone who makes a statement like that? What's wrong with you? Yeah, you. What's wrong with you? So, but that's the negative side of that whole thing around Ed's um, statement. But, but the beauty of that statement outweighs those negative responses by far. Uh, as a powerlifter, I, I, I'll tell you, it, it's a beautiful, cohesive environment with... It's just full of people who, who, who love everybody and, and we support each other. It's, the powerlifting community is just a beautiful community. But there is that dark and ugly underside. And it's pathetic that it's there. But it's there. But the voices of people like Ed Cohen far outweigh that dark underside and those ugly comments and whatnot. So... That's why I love, that's part of why I love powerlifting. I don't know. I had some other things I wanted to talk about, but I've got the window to my studio open and I can smell Snoopy's grilling out there. Um, now, it's impossible for barbecue and grilling to smell bad. It smells good, but I question the results. Yes, I'm making fun of my wife's cooking. <laughs> but uh, she she scares me sometimes. She scares me sometimes. Um, but that's not why I married her. So I better run if I want to eat good today. <laughs> so this was today's episode of my solo Saturday on the Coming Home podcast with John Allen. And I thank you all very much for listening. I love you. Take my words to heart. And uh, if you want to debate it, if you don't agree, fine. Tell me about it and let's talk about it. But if you like what I'm saying, then please find my podcast. And again, I have other guests that come on and we talk about totally different subjects than this. But if you like what you're hearing, 
please go to my website at johnallenpod.com. Uh, and from there, you can find me all over social media where I talk about my podcast episodes and other things. You can find my music from my website as well. My music is up on Spotify. You can find my podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. So please do that, and I will appreciate it. And uh, tune in on Sunday. Tomorrow on Sunday, I've got a great episode that I recorded a couple days ago with a good friend from South Africa. His name is Ferdy Basson. He is a mixed martial arts uh, official in the EFC, Extreme Fighting Championship, which is the premier MMA production in Africa. Uh, we had a great, great talk. I love that guy. So check that out. Okay, thanks. Bye, everybody. I'm coming home. Oh.